What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and you guys are seeing this Thursday morning. I just recorded and posted last night my six must-buy trade targets. This is the part two of that. Today, we're going to be talking through seven must-sell players for Week 8 Fantasy Football. If you have these guys on your team, you shouldn't panic, but just kick the tires and see what you can get in return for these guys in Fantasy Football. We have, again, seven players to talk through. Let's not waste any time. If you enjoy, make sure down below. Subscribe, leave a like, let's go. Now, our first must-sell candidate here is one of the only running backs in fantasy football averaging 20-plus points per game. And I think people are going to be a little bit put off by the Alvin Kamara sell here. But this is just a spot where the production and the volume feels unsustainable. We are coming off of back-to-back 50-plus pass attempt games for the Saints. That is not going to be normal for them. That's not sustainable. And I just don't think they have much incentive to feed him as much as they've been feeding him. They've been feeding him a ton, and this is a team that was 2-1 and one before Kamara when they were actually airing it out and throwing it down the field. And since Kamara has come... Now, of course, this also came with a Derek Carr shoulder injury right around when Alvin Kamara came back. And Derek Carr is presumably still working back from that. But... We have seen now Kamara just be the focal point of this offense, just a lot of checkdowns, and they've been losing. They're one in three since Kamara's come back. Now we're talking, you know, just like pretty small sample splits here, but this isn't winning football, this idea of like 10 plus targets to Alvin Kamara behind line of scrimmage. It's not how you're going to win football games because Kamara isn't some magical player like he used to be. Now that's not to say Alvin Kamara is bad, but I wanted to look through the numbers and just see, is Kamara... Is he having a resurgence? Is he like way more efficient than he was in the past, right? If he's like, if he's a missed tackles force monster, he's creating explosive plays and he's doing old Kamara things, then okay, I'll back off 20 plus points per game. That's sustainable. But when we look, it's not quite that simple. So I have this little thread. I honestly made this thread simply just for, uh, just for this video. So it's a little bit, it doesn't really read like a tweet, but Alvin Kamara's usage, right? So this is just his volume here. His snap percentage, 72.6%, 59% of the rush attempts, 56.8% of the routes. And we compare them to 2022, it's really not all that dissimilar, right? 72.6% of the snaps, right around 70%. 60% of the rush attempts, just about. Rush attempts are a little bit lower here. And I think that that actually is going to come down, this number probably back down to the low 50s with the return of Jamal Williams. Route percentage, 57%. Last year, 57%. So nothing really changes there. Target share, this is the big one. 22.8% target share. Last year, 16.4%. Target prop run, 37%. That is absolutely bonkers. That is absolutely bonkers. I cannot stress enough. That is bonkers. 37% target prop run is insane. And then last year, it was just 26%, which is still damn good. That's still an elite number, but 37% is outrageous, which brings us to expected points per game. X, X points per game, expected points per game. This is just based on a player's targets, red zone targets, goal line carries, all of that. A dot based on your volume, how many points should you be putting up? He should be putting up 25.9 points per game. He's actually underperforming that, putting up 21.7. Last year, he was at 15.4 points per game, then 14.4. So that's a massive, massive jump. That's like 10 points per game in volume more. Now, is this just a re- Alvin Kamara resurgence or is it volume based? So I looked here, his efficiency through four weeks in 2023, negative 0.24 rushing yards over expected per attempt. So just on a per attempt basis, is he getting you what's blocked? Not really. But that's where he was at last year. He's not really been the most insane rusher of all time. Explosive touch percentage. This is just based on his receptions, his carries, 
how many times that he's touching the ball is he turning in an explosive play. 2.9% of the time, 3.2% last year. So he's not more explosive. Miss tackles forced per touch, 15% of the time. He's, he's getting a missed tackles forced on his touch. Last year, 20%. So that's actually going down. Yards at the contact per touch, 188. Last year, 2.71. So he's actually better in that category. His yards per out run, 1.62. Last year, 1.66. So he's not more efficient really in any capacity this year. It's all volume-based. And the reason I think that he regresses is because I think those volume, the volume comes down. Again, efficiency hasn't shown that he's a different player. Uh, his career targets per out run is 28%. He's at 37% right now. That is going to regress back down to sub 30%. And then you have the Saints, who are third in pass attempts per game this year, third most, 39.3, despite just a minus 0.5% pass rate over expectation. So they've just been in wonky game scripts here, where again, the last two weeks have had to throw the ball 50 or more times. But this is not a team whose MO is to pass the ball a ton. So to me, passing should regress. He's going to see his target prop run regress. And we're going to see Jamal Williams eat into some carries here, where Jamal Williams was on a touch count this past week. Saints head coach Dennis Allen said Jamal Williams is on a pitch count in his week seven return against the Jaguars. So he is going to come up. He's going to take some of those between the 20s carries from Alvin Kamara. It's all going to add up. Now, I don't think he's going to fall off the face of the earth, Alvin Kamara, but I think he's going to go probably to your like mid-range to back-end RB1 range, where you're, instead of being like a 20-plus point-per-game guy, he's probably going to be more like a 16-point-per-game guy, which is fine. But I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity right now to sell him as if he's a top five running back over the course of the rest of the season. Now, when we look at trades here, this is, of course, a trade show where I show uh, fantasycalc.com. They are great. Fantasy Calc is really all we have to show real NFL trades or real fantasy football trades. My bad. Uh, but we have this set up. Two to three assets in the deal. One quarterback, redraft, 12-man leagues, half and full PPR. This is Fantasy Calc again. They have a database here with real fantasy football trades from ESPN, Sleeper, all of that. Of course, there's a big fat disclaimer that not all these are great, right? Some of these are lopsided. Some of these might be free leagues where weird things are going to happen. But I'm going to show you guys what I think are reasonable trades that I think can be achieved in most leagues. Where if we go here, we can scroll down. Alvin Kamara, Frost, and Eckler. Give me Eckler every single time. Give me Pollard over Alvin Kamara. If you can turn Alvin Kamara in a piece like Laporta or anything in this range, if you can do Kincaid, if you can do anything in terms of a plus on top of Kamara, Fork McCaffrey, you need to do that ASAP. If you can do Alvin Kamara... I wouldn't do Alvin Kamara for Brees straight up, but I would love Alvin Kamara for Brees in a piece. Like, if you could do Alvin Kamara for Brees Hall, can you do Alvin Kamara for Brees Hall and Calvin Ridley? I think I would. Uh, Alvin Kamara in any capacity for Justin Jefferson, I would do that all day long. You have an Alvin Kamara for Bijan. Yes, I would take Bijan there. Alvin Kamara for Cooper Cup. I would take Cooper Cup. Uh, Alvin Kamara, now this one's close, but I think I would actually take Tyree Kill here. But you can see, if you can get, again, I'm not saying to sell him for whatever you can fetch. I'm saying if you can get one of these elite players who were first and second round picks in fantasy, like Tyree Kill and Cooper Cup and Bijan Robinson and Justin Jefferson and McCaffrey and Eckler and Tony Pollard, then yes, I think absolutely you should turn your Alvin Kamara into one of those premium elite assets in fantasy football. Now, moving on from that, our next sell candidate here is going to be Najee Harris. Now, we didn't draft a ton of him. We sort of beat that drum all offseason but if you were one of the people who ended up drafting him I think right now is the perfect time to sell because we are coming off his first or not his first but he's coming off his best game of the year right he had 16 PPR points here and you can see the reason that I think that he's a sell is because his role didn't materially change he just fell in the end zone he just scored a touchdown that's all that we have here snap percentage still around 55% rush attempt percentage still around 50% routes still around 36 35% there 
targets went up, but that's going to sort of fluctuate week to week. Again, we just talked about Alvin Kamara. 30% plus target per out run is not sustainable. He's more of a 13% guy, as you can see here with Najee. Again, nothing materially changed. He just got an inside the five attempt in week seven. And even then, that was just 50% of them. It's not great, is what I'm trying to say here. Like, this is not good. Uh, he's shown this year that he is not all that efficient. He's in a, I mean, Matt Canada often looked good or offense looked good post by, but I'm really not all that sold on the running game. So to me, he's had the same role he's had over the entire year and he just fell in the end zone. So if I could sell high on that touchdown, right, he still has that name Najee Harris or some guys out there that are true, true Najee Harris believers. So I think if you can sort of take advantage of that, I think you should. Where if you look at the trades here on Fantasy Calc, you can get some pretty sweet deals on Najee Harris here, where if you can do Najee Harris for, yeah, Najee Harris in a piece like Jordan Addison, like Najee Harris in any kind of piece, even as much as we love Jordan Addison, if you can get Devontae Adams, yes, please, please do that. Uh, Najee Harris for Calvin Ridley, I actually would. Uh, Najee Harris for George Pickens, I actually don't hate that one. Uh, that is a lot closer though. Um, I will say also, uh, Najee Harris for Austin Eckler, I mean, like that's insane, but if, if you could make something like that happen, I would. Uh, there's a Saquon uh, trade that I saw earlier. Yeah, Najee Harrison, Calvin Ridley for Saquon. I would. I feel like we just touched on that. And then that Jordan Addison deal, 100%, where you take Najee Harris, Jordan Addison, you get Devontae Adams. Um, and then I think there was another Addison deal as well here, where if I could do Najee Harris for Jordan Addison straight up, I 100% would. I think there's a lot of value to be had from selling Najee Harris this week. If you can add to Najee Harris and get to your, you know, Jonathan Taylor's, your Brees Hall's, anything in that range, you 100% should. Now, another guy like this where I think that I, I would add to them and go try and get a premium running back would be Javante Williams. Now, Javante Williams, we were gassing him up on the Top 10 Lessons Learned show. He had his best game of the season, and I think that's why you want to sell here, right? He's coming off his first Top 24 finish. You can see him in the middle there. PPR points, if you go Week 7 all the way through PPR, you have 13. PPR ranked 20, right? So he was the RB20 on the week. And here's the issue. You have a really ugly three-way split here that I don't think is going anywhere. And that's a huge, huge issue for Javante, right? Where Javante Williams had just 53% of the snaps this week, 63% of the rush attempts, 40% of the routes is not good. Uh, again, 33% target part run, that's unsustainable. Uh, he had 18% of long down and distance stuff, 0% two-minute drill. He is just not a passing down back within the context of this offense. And you have a pretty clean three-way split here where Samaje is going to be out there for, you know, your long down and distance, your two-minute drill snaps. He's going to run a ton of routes, right? 32% of the routes this week. You have Jaleel McLaughlin is going to mix in as well. So you have a three-way split here. P. Ryan's too good as a satellite back to ever really be relegated from that. And Jaleel McLaughlin is too good to be eliminated from his change of pace role here because we can see, right? So Javante, this is a tweet from Jacob Gibbs. Javante hits season high snap rates, 53%. 42% route participation, but then we go down, we see Javante Williams. Now, Javante Williams is great, right? Third in avoided tackle rate, fourth in yards at the contact per rush, second explosive rush rate over the last month. But the only running back that ranks ahead of Javante Williams in all three is Jaleel McLaughlin. Jaleel, Jaleel McLaughlin is electric, and he's also Sean Payton's pet player. Uh, pet, yeah, player. So this is a three-way split that isn't going anywhere. And the issue is that Javante has, again, if we look at this table, he has rush attempts, not many routes, not many targets, not many long down and distance, not many two-minute drill snaps, which means he's a between-the-tackles grinder that's going to benefit from positive game scripts, right? Sort of like your 
sort of like your Isaiah Pacheco's players of that caliber where they're just going to, you know, Brian Robinson before, uh, you know, things have kind of gone south for him. And that's the issue here because the Broncos aren't going to be leading in many games, right? They beat up on the Packers, but that's like the best game we've seen from the Broncos. They are in a division where they're going to play the Chiefs and they're going to play the Chargers. There's not going to be many leads for a team that kind of sucks. When we look at the Broncos, they have not been good this year. So if I can bet against the Broncos getting leads, like it's not even Javante, I think has looked good. And I think Javante, I'm happy for him off of the ACL, but with the emergence of Jaleel McLaughlin and the stubbornness of Samaj P. Ryan satellite back role, you're looking at just a between the tackles rusher, which is only a role we want on the good teams, right? He's on one of the bad ones. So for me, if I could turn this optimism in this one game kind of blip here uh, into some sort of deal, I 100% would. So when we look at the fantasy calc trade database here, I mean, Javante Nico Collins for DeAndre Swift, I would absolutely love a deal like that. If I could do Javante Williams in a piece, like a DJ Moore or something to get to Amon Ross St. Brown, I absolutely would. And now here's one of these deals I was talking about where you take Javante, take another piece, get to a Saquon. You take Javante, you take another piece, you get to Tony Pollard. Now, of course, these are a little bit, these are actually pretty lopsided. But again, if you make something like that happen, I absolutely would. If I could do Javante in a piece, for Chris Olave, I absolutely would. Javante in a piece for Josh Jacobs, absolutely would. Javante in a piece for Austin Eckler, yes, please. So again, he's trading, you know, Javante in another piece for Bijan Robinson, yes, please. So there's a lot of deals like that out there uh, where you add to Javante and you get a nice upgrade. So definitely use him as a bargaining chip in that sense of the idea, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Now, after that, we have Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton is Bronco teammate of Javante Williams. He has five touchdowns in seven games. He's running extremely hot, and that's why I'd be looking to sell. He is the wide receiver 23 in points per game right now, so he's probably trading as someone that people sort of view as a wide receiver too, but his expected points per game based on his volume is the wide receiver 48, 10.7 points per game. So that is brutal, brutal stuff. He's more of a flex play to me that I think is going to be valued uh, like a fringe wide receiver too, and I would be looking to capitalize on that where if we look at what he's trend, uh, trading for right now you can get what sticks out you can get I mean I would take Godwin straight up for him I would take uh, this Sutton plus Darrell Henderson for Aaron Jones I would do that all day long uh, Sutton in a piece to go get Stephon Diggs I actually love that idea uh, I would trade Sutton straight up for Marquise Brown Sutton Sutton in a piece to get the Josh Jacobs I would actually love that uh, Sutton and like a James Conner to get Michael Pittman. I would actually love that as well. Sutton straight up for Jameer Gibbs. Yes, please. Uh, all of those look like good deals. So again, Sutton's kind of trading for a good bit. Uh, maybe you want to wait until Judy eventually gets traded away, but I still think that he would be a sell candidate in that scenario. Now, next up, we have Amari Cooper as our next sell here. And he has tons of name value. Everyone and their mother knows who Amari Cooper is. And to me, he's very much like a poor man's Garrett Wilson, where this is a good wide receiver, but he is in a pretty brutal offense. The environment's bad, right, where the defense is so good that you're going to have like kind of boring game environments. I know the last one against the Colts was crazy, but it's not going to be like that every single week. He's severely hindered by his quarterback play because we can see Deshaun Watson's already been ruled out. So now we're talking through P.J. Walker. And P.J. Walker's been like, okay, but when we look at EPA per play and we sort the top 40 quarterbacks, we're talking 29th of 40 in Deshaun Watson. We're talking 39th of 40 in P.J. Walker. We're talking 40th of 40 in DJ or uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. So it's just tough. Like we're talking Zach Wilson level 
bad quarterback play, which is pretty brutal for a guy in Amari Cooper to actually be very, very good. Now, the upside here is that, that Deshaun Watson comes back. The issue is that he has a shoulder injury that is really brutal to deal with. Uh, shoulder injuries in general for quarterbacks are tough. And this is a good tweet from Adam Levitan here. Uh, he's one of the established run guys. And these are just some clips uh, from this past weekend. But like Deshaun Watson has zero zip on the ball, man. I mean, he just like, it, it looks like his, if this was Madden, his throw power is like 45 right now. That's really the only way I can describe this. Like he just completely like fluffs that screen. The, the screen was blown up to be fair, but there's just zero zip on the ball at all. Like he's not really throwing it far as far as he needs to throw it right like here he's out there and it's just like it just completely like that, that receiver is open and he just underthrows it just like I just don't think he has the juice in his arm right now because of the shoulder injury and we saw with like Anthony Richardson got shut down for a very similar injury here I think Deshaun Watson if they didn't have so much money tied up in him that uh and so many like expectations for him to actually play this year that he would get shut down it's just tough, man. I mean, he needs his right shoulder to throw. Right now, he has zero juice, zero, you know, throw power, whatever you want to call it. There is nothing there. There, Like, the, the arm strength is really bad, and I don't really see it rebounding anytime soon, right? Again, he is inactive this week. He spent a bunch of weeks rehabbing. It didn't really fix anything. So, I have a tough time saying that Deshaun Watson is going to come back and bounce back in any way, which means you're stuck with either a noodle arm Josh uh, Deshaun Watson or the bottom two quarterbacks in the NFL right now for Amari Cooper. So again, if I could sell the name value of Amari Cooper, um, I would. And again, it's not even really anything that's like Amari Cooper's fault. Like Amari Cooper is a good player. Um, he had like a hundred plus yard game the other the other week, which I think you could maybe sell in that goodwill. There's a lot of good things you can have for Amari Cooper right now. Where if I could find a way to get this on the screen right now. I don't know what happened here. Should be able to. Um, huh. All right. Give me two seconds. Give me two seconds. All right. There we go. All right. So we are in here. Um, so you have Amari Cooper plus Joe Mixon to get Devontae Adams. I actually like that a ton. Uh, what else can you do here? What else actually seems kind of reasonable? Mark Cooper and Zach Moss for Pacheco, if I like needed that route, I think I would. Mark Cooper for Marquise Brown straight up, I absolutely would do that. Uh, you can also do him straight up for nothing else that really sticks out. Mark Cooper straight up for Aaron Jones. I would 100% do that. I saw like a Marquise Brown deal. Yeah, if I could do Mark Cooper straight up for Marquise Brown, I would. If I could do him straight up for, I think that there was on the next page like a Mike Evans deal. Mark Cooper for Mike Evans all day. Mark Cooper for T. Higgins all day. So there's there's some deals out there uh, that you can still get. Again, like Mark Cooper for T. Higgins, Mark Cooper for Nico Collins, any deal like that. Cooper for Marquise Brown. Uh, all day long. Now we have a little bit of a twofer here uh, for our last trade targets uh, or sell candidates here. And that's, just, it's, it's, it's not anything too fancy. It's Deontay Foreman and Gus Edwards. Most of the time you're not gonna be able to get anything for these guys, but both of them just had their first top 12 finishes of the year. If anyone wants to buy the flash in the pan, tell them to go ahead here. You have first, the Raven split's been unpredictable all year. Keaton Mitchell's in the mix. Justice Hill's in the mix. They might be trading for Derrick Henry. Boom. Get him out of here if anybody wants to pay up for him. And you have Deontay Foreman, who looked good, but Roshan Johnson's going to be back in the mix this week. You're going to then have Khalil Herbert back in the mix when he gets back from injury. There's a lot going on there. So if I could sell either for, like, honestly anything, uh, I would. And I honestly haven't even really checked what you can fetch for either of them. When we look at Gus Edwards, yeah, Gus Edwards for Gabe Davis. Like, again, like, if you can just get anything, Gus Edwards and, and a piece to get Zay Flowers, I would. Uh, Gus Edwards for Josh Down straight up, sure. Uh, Gus Edwards for... Gus Edwards in a piece to get Nico Collins? I think I would. Uh, Gus Edwards for Rashi Rice straight up. Yes, please. Gus Edwards for... I mean, I actually... I don't mind the Hopkins one here. If you could do Gus Edwards for Calvin Ridley, I mean, God bless. Gus Edwards for Tiggins again. 
Um, so there's a lot to be had here. I mean, again, we're sort of going dumpster diving. We add a piece to Gus Edwards. I think that that's kind of the uh, rule of thumb here is like you're going to want to add a piece to go get get things. I wouldn't do this, but you're going to add a piece and try and, you know, get a little bit of an upgrade here. If you look at Deontay Foreman as well, you can see uh, Deontay Foreman and Puka Nakua for Pollard. It's actually a lot closer than you'd think. Uh, but like Deontay Foreman and Josh Palmer for DK Metcalf. Yes. Like anything like that. Deontay Foreman and Miles Sanders go get Thielen. Yes, please. Uh, what else? Like something else where you sort of add and you get something else on top. Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman for, for Tajay Spears straight up like isn't terrible. Um, but you can also do Deontay Foreman. Uh, is there anything else that sticks out here? Deontay Foreman and Christian Watson for Thielen. I don't think I would. But yeah, again, if you can just add something to Deontay Foreman and get something on top, definitely see what you can do out there and just sort of s squeeze him in the back of deals if anybody is sort of down bad at running back. I'd imagine that there are some deals to be had out there, but nothing too, too crazy. Now, that is going to do it for us today, fellas. As always, if you enjoy, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. And also, I have my entire rest of season rankings ready to go. They are live. Patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. You can find them there. My rest of season rankings, my weekly rankings, my waiver wire article every week. It's all on there. I'll have a link in the description in the comment section down below. But again, if you can't support there, leave a like, subscribe, and I will see you guys in the next one.